0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here along with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We've got an extremely popular topic on today's Money Talk show. We'll be talking about Social Security with one of their regional managers. So get your calls and emails in early as this will be a busy show with lots of good information. As always on Tuesday morning, we're looking for your personal finance questions as well. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. What's uh, caught your interest in the financial news lately?
2: Good morning. Um, so I know, and, and, and I always kind of hate to take this from her because Nancy is not here to, uh, with us today, but her favorite thing to look at is the unemployment numbers. And I know we talked about them last last time, what the trend was, how things were going. But Every month, we get the very detailed um, employment report, the employment situation from uh, the BLS, and the unemployment rate is in there. That's the one number everyone likes to look at is 11.1 percent. Still very high, of course, but um, that is down. You know, that's down a couple of percentage points. Is at 13.3 in May, Uh, so for June, it's 11.1 percent. Initial claims continue to come down. Again, they are still very high. Uh, there are still people actively losing their jobs and still people actively trying to apply for unemployment claims. Uh, just, you know, this has been a pretty big topic over the past few months. And just a reminder for folks listening who may or may not have applied, but if um, they're expecting the extra $600 from the federal government, that is running out soon.
1: All right, and a reminder throughout the hour, Ryder will be here if you have a personal finance question. Uh, but we also have a popular guest on our show. Sean Mercer is a regional manager with the Social Security Administration. You know, Sean, I was thinking about it, and you have been a loyal uh, guest on the show and a great source of information for, gosh, uh, longer than I care to remember, I guess. Thanks for being with us again.
3: Glad to be here, Kevin. Glad to be with you and Ryder this morning, and hopefully we'll get some good questions from our uh, Listeners out there, because as I tell everybody when I'm doing uh, public events like this, that uh, we all have these questions, and there are no silly or stupid questions because it's dealing with your money and your Social Security benefits. So hopefully the phones will start ringing or the emails will start coming in, and we'll try to answer some questions this morning.
1: So Social Security handles different types of benefits. If you could remind us of some of the programs that Social Security administers.
3: But when you think about Social Security, Kevin, most of our listeners out there probably just think about retirement. Uh, very few probably think about disability. Then even fewer think about the survivor benefits. So retirement, survivors, and disability are what we handle here. And things have kind of changed since the middle of March as uh, the COVID-19 uh, issue is upon us. All of our offices in Mississippi are closed to walk-in traffic. However, and then not only Mississippi, but nationwide, but you can still speak with a local representative. All of our employees are working. We're answering the local telephone lines. Uh, Technology is an amazing thing, and so we're able to continue to answer all. We didn't have to change telephone numbers or anything, so you can still call your local office, call the 800 number, and still get service for all of those things that we just mentioned, retirement, survivors, disability, (laughs) Medicare issues uh, that you may be needing to sign up for Medicare or something like that. So uh, I guess the most important thing that we'll discuss today is to let our listeners know that you can still do business with Social Security, be it over the telephone, uh, Internet, whatever the case may be. You just can't walk into the local office and see someone face-to-face. But we've been able to handle all of these issues over the telephone, through technology, and get things done for people as they continue to get on with their lives and need to do business with us on a daily basis.
1: And, Sean, you talked about uh, calling, but also uh, the website for Social Security is a great source of information. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the Social Security website and what folks can do there.
3: The big thing with that is the website is socialsecurity.gov or SSA for short, .gov. If our listeners don't hear anything else, make sure any time you're dealing with a federal agency, not just Social Security but IRS, uh, whatever the case may be, that it's .gov. There are other issue, uh, other uh, websites out there that may play off of those words or names, but go to socialsecurity.gov or fsa.gov, and you're able to do a host of things on there. You can conduct almost all of your business online through filing for retirement, filing for disability, filing for Medicare, uh, even setting up a My Social Security account to get a replacement Social Security card uh, is a real big thing. and real popular, especially since we've had to close offices. So uh, those things are, are very important. But remember, socialsecurity.gov or ssa.gov, that gets to our official website, and then you're on a secure network to be able to do business with us.
1: That's a, that's a good reminder, Sean, because, you know, in this day of all these phishing scams and those sorts of things, people trying to get our personal information, uh, good point. Look for that .gov uh, uh, part at the end of a website, and you know you're getting the official thing, whether it be Social Security, the IRS, or any of the federal government agencies, .gov is what you need to look for. Also, I think I got a reminder in my email, uh, does Social Security encourage a review, an annual review of your situation, your your account, uh, to make sure that things are correct? Is, is Am I remembering that that's what I got an email from about
3: you're exactly right Kevin so you have signed up for a my social security account and which I would encourage all of our listeners to do even if you're receiving benefits still working not receiving benefits you go in sign up for a my social security account so for those listeners that are like Kevin and I that are still working we are not drawing benefits so what would that what good would that do us so we go in sign up for that my social security account they send one email a year for you to be able to access your records, we used to mail out what we called a personal earnings and uh, benefit estimate statement each year. It used to come to your home address, and we still mail some of those out in five-year increments. So that if you're 45, 50, 55, it may come to you, and uh, based on your age. However, if you do like Kevin and I have done, signed up for a my Social Security account, you get that one email a year that says, "Hey, it's been 12 months since you checked your." Uh, Social Security account, log back into your program, probably send you a text message, one more security feature to make sure that we're dealing with who we think we're dealing with, and you pull up that personal earnings and benefit estimate statement that shows what you've worked and paid in all the years, uh, shows what your estimated retirement benefits would be, shows what your disability benefits would be, may show survivor benefits if you have family members that would be eligible for those if something were to happen to you, So a lot of good information there. The main thing is is to look at those earnings that are on there because how many of us remember what we made 10 years ago or 15 years ago? And when you get ready to file, let's just use retirement benefits. uh, We're using uh, your highest 35 years of earnings. And So there's a lot of people out there who are misinformed about how we figure your benefits. It's not your high three, your high five, or your last ten. It's really looking at all your earnings and using your highest 35 that are posted there. So you want to make sure that all those earnings are continuing to be posted there based on what's been turned in by a uh, W-2 employer or what you filed with self-employment tax return. So that yearly reminder is a great, simple way to get one email. It, that We don't send out a lot of information where you're getting something from Social Security all the time, Uh, I'm like Kevin, I very seldom get something on my personal email account. It's usually one time a year that reminds me to go in and check that online benefit estimate statement.
1: All right, uh, this is Money Talks, we're visiting today with Sean Mercer, regional manager with the Social Security Administration, and as predicted, phone lines are beginning to fill up. Let's get one call in before our first break, and we'll talk to Kay in Eupora. Good morning, Kay. You're on the air with us. Go ahead.
4: Uh, Good morning. Uh, There have been a number of proposals to um, have a payroll tax cut.
0: And I wondered what would be the impact of a payroll tax cut on Social Security and Medicare?
3: Well, unfortunately, on our end, we don't get to make that decision. We just hear what you hear on the news talking about the uh, tax cut. And one thing I guess it would be good for us to mention, because a lot of our listeners out there may not be as informed as Kay is when we're talking about a tax cut. We're looking at 7.65% that the employee pays and the employer also pays. So of that, uh, 1.45 is Medicare, and the remainder is Social Security. And those go into our trust funds for us to be able to pay benefits. So unfortunately, Kay, I'm not able to answer that question. That's a little bit uh, higher above with our uh, mathematicians that work in Baltimore. But if you look on our website, uh, there is some interesting information when you talk about Uh, payroll taxes and the tax rate, and for a lot of our listeners out there that may not be aware of how long we've been paying 7.65 percent, it did not start out at that. It's been increased through the years. So when people talk about uh, increasing the tax rate or reducing the tax rate, uh, there's some history there for people that are interested to look back and see on our website that shows what we have paid throughout the years and what employees have paid, and better yet, what your employer matches. So when you talk with someone about benefits, they may not have health insurance or they may not have uh, long-term disability insurance to an employer, but we think about Social Security as being some benefits there that that employee pays into and also the employer has to match when you're looking at that 7.65%. So visit our website and look at that information and uh, it's a, a lot of good information about the uh, FICA tax and the payroll tax of seven point currently seven point six five percent.
2: And Kay, I would throw in there that you know a payroll tax cut would not affect anyone's current benefits. Um, you know those are you know uh, as Sean can explain, those are set, you know, and you, there's an the inflation adjustment and things like that, and those are determined you know already. Uh, by your earnings. What, what it would affect is how much money is in the Social Security Trust Fund. So when people talk about the funded status, and I don't know if we're even going to have time to get to that, but when people say, oh, Social Security is going to um, have uh, less money in the year 2033, they're going to, something like that, that would affect that. That would affect the date that you know Social Security, you know, has less money, that would affect the amount of money they have available, um, but they still would be paying out the same amount of benefits uh, because those those are, are set legally.
1: Well, before we go to break, though, another number to throw out, and that is the Social Security number. The number for Social Security is 1-800-772-1213, and their website is ssa.gov. We're going to continue our discussion with Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration after the break. What you to do if you get a call claiming there's a problem with your social security number or account. We'll have that information and your calls for you next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone whenever you'd like. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New, per- New Perspectives. Uh, Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or promise a benefit in exchange for personal information or money. If you'd like some more information on that you can go to the top of the ssa.gov webpage. we're here today with our guest sean mercer regional manager with the social security administration and joel has been holding on for us uh, joel it's your turn on the air go ahead with your question please
4: uh what i'd like to know is uh i think it was on a previous show you had listed uh
1: some documents you need in the life documents i think they call them uh, like a wheel and power of attorney and this sort of things. could you uh just reiterate what those were for me
2: uh yes yeah, so uh and thank you this is wonderful to have a question for me on uh <laughs> when, when sean mercer is on the air i feel very honored um so end of life documents that are important of course like you mentioned if you have a will or if you don't have a will, get a will. That's going to be very important. Um, people often have uh, medical directives. Uh, it's often called a medical power of attorney. And that kind of says, you know, what you want to happen to you. Know, do you want to be you know, put on life-saving equipment, on life support? Uh, who is allowed to make decisions um, for your end-of-life medical care? Um, also, just a general durable power of attorney, uh, something that would allow a a relative or a trusted, you know, professional to work uh, work as you. Um, and this is going to be especially important, you know, if you end up in a nursing home or if you end up. Uh, You know, maybe mentally unable to do some things for yourself. It allows them to uh, transact on your behalf. It allows them to open accounts on your behalf and and take care of things. And uh, let's see. One other thing. If you you have a trust, if you have uh, maybe a large or a complicated estate, um, large or complicated assets – a trust is probably a very good idea as well, and having a trustee named who, again, uh, that person would would essentially act as the guardian, act as, act as the person in charge of your assets um, on your behalf. Um, so having those sort of documents is important, um, but of course having those documents is pointless if nobody knows where they are or who's named in them. So be you know, open with your spouse and children and professionals you work with. We always like to know from our clients you know, if they have a trust, who's the trustee, what all is in the trust. If they have a power of attorney, we'd love to have a copy of that, uh, things like that. Um, so so close, rel- close relatives, especially anyone involved, especially anyone impacted by it, should know these things. Um, and then the professionals you work with uh, are also uh, probably want to know that sort of stuff as well.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thank you very answered. much. That answers my question. I
2: really appreciate it. Like y'all's show a lot. Alrighty. For All righty. Thanks. Awesome. Good
1: deal. Good to hear from you, Joel. We've got some open phone lines on this day where we're visiting with Sean Mercer, regional manager with social security. So Sean, one of the things that Americans have to decide is when to start receiving their retirement benefits. Uh, does the social security administration have any uh, suggestions? Not well, you can't tell him when, but do they have guidelines and things to think about when people are making that decision?
3: That's probably our number one question that we get, Kevin. Uh, people are always asking, when's the best time to retire? And we tell you that's the million-dollar question, and it's going to be different for everybody that you know, we speak to. Uh, yes, the earliest is for retirement is age 62, but then it may be age 66 in a few months for full retirement, and where that individual wants to wait is uh, a lot of factors involved in that, and they may seek outside help or uh, outside financial advice for that, but what we can do or what we always try to do is make them aware of what their benefits are and that they know that if they haven't uh, looked at their Social Security statement or if they haven't gone online and used our estimators to figure out what their Social Security benefits are and then move forward from there. And so many people that we talk to have not even done that. They're just kind of in the dark about what their benefits are going to be, and as we uh, spoke with our caller a few minutes ago about the payroll tax. They've been paying 7.65% for a lifetime maybe and don't really know what those benefits are. So once they get to that point, it usually makes it pretty, uh, pretty easier for them to understand what they would actually receive and what they would actually uh, understand better about their benefits into their total financial picture when they look at what, uh, what those Social Security benefits are.
1: All right. Looks like we have another call lined up. So we say good morning to Paula in Mobile. Go ahead, Paula.
4: Well, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, I'm fully retired um, on Social Security and I've been so for mm, about a year and a half. I've continued to work um, at various things. How long does it take before my earnings actually affect that retirement check um, in you know, knowing that it takes a very long period of time normally to, to see a difference?
3: Okay, good question, but it's different for everybody that calls because when we're looking at what you're making now, we also have to look at the 35 years that we've used in your specific computation. So okay. your your situation may be that, well, I'm working part-time and I'm making $15,000 a year. But I remember when I first started to work back in, you know, 1974, that I was only making $12,000 a year at my first job.
4: Yeah, well, I'm not even sure it was that much. Right. <laughs>
3: but you have to look back. If you go to our website and look back, there's something called uh, indexing factors. And the further you go back in time, the higher the indexing factor is. So oh. $12,000 in 1974 may be the equivalent of $30,000 today. So you can't look at it numerically on the the actual figures that we've used to determine what your high 35 years were. So for some individuals, they may be replacing a zero year if they may have been out of the workforce or had a net loss from self-employment. So for some people, it affects them almost immediately and moves it. But I tell people all the time it doesn't move it a lot because we're only looking at 135th of the computation. So sure. even if you replace sure. a zero year with a high year, it may not make that big a difference in the monthly benefit because it's only 135th. But to answer your question, it's different for everybody. It could affect you the first year, or it could be several years before your part-time work is high enough to replace one of the 35 years in your specific computation. And that does happen automatically. Uh, we do uh, The computer does review that each year, Some people come in and bring us a W-2 or send us a W-2 now that we're closed, and we will input that. But with electronic reporting from employers now, we see uh, wages being posted just uh, very uh, usually within the first six months of the year after they turn that in for income tax purposes.
4: Well, I guess the real benefit is when you're no longer being offset for earnings and, you know, then really it's just more money in your pocket and a little more to budget around the house and things.
3: And that, that is correct. So a lot of people that may not be familiar with that is there is the earnings limit that is applied until you do reach your full retirement age. And so uh, for this year, that earnings limit, as we were talking about, is uh, for those people under their full retirement age is $18,240. So if you're making over that, there would be uh, $1 for every two that you go over. But if you're working part-time and you're making, let's say, $17,000, then there's no effect on your Social Security benefits. However, once our listeners reach full retirement age, then that earnings limit goes out the window and they can be back making $50,000 a year or whatever the case may be, and it doesn't affect their Social Security benefits after the month that they turn full retirement age. So, That's good a
4: good thing for everybody because it's not only good for people to still continue to work if they're able to because there's are continuing to support the system, but also there's a little more jingle at home. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Sean.
3: Thank you for your question.
1: Thanks, Paula. Okay. Appreciate you calling in today. Uh, we've got time, I think, for one more phone call before our next break, and it goes to Susan in Memphis. Good morning, Susan. Go ahead.
0: Uh, good morning. Uh, yes, Mr. Mercer, my question is, um, when I retired, when I started drawing Social Security uh, at age 70, the Social Security Office said that my benefits were reduced because I am a retired uh, civil service retirement system of federal employees. So my Social Security benefits were reduced because of the income from my uh civil service retirement but I'm not on civil service retirement um, I'm still on uh, disability from the Office of workers compensation programs and my workers compensation attorney said that my social security benefits should not be reduced until I start drawing my civil service retirement is that correct and how can I get it working?
3: we need to check on that and see because your benefits that you're receiving from a non-covered employer. So you were a civil service employee before 1983, I believe. And uh, so when I was hired after 1983, we all pay into Social Security. We are all FERS employees. Prior to that was the old civil service system. There are still a few of those individuals left, not many, but a few that are still left, have not paid into Social Security. There are also some uh, states. Are some nonprofits who fall into a similar category, where they're uh, the the state uh, employees, such as uh, maybe uh, an employer in uh, Illinois, a uh, state uh, such as teachers in Illinois may not have paid into Social Security, so there is an offset there. But with your specific situation, as far as receiving a disability versus a retirement, we need to check and look at that paperwork. So I would encourage you to contact your local office and look at that to see exactly how we have that pension that you're receiving and look and see if it's the difference between it, if there is a difference between it being a disability pension or a retirement pension, and we would need to see about the offset from there. So good question, little details there, but we would need to actually see that paperwork and you would need to contact your local office there in Memphis and get them to help you out with that.
0: Well, if it is a disability pension, uh, would would it still offset my Social Security? I worked in the private sector for many years before I worked for the government.
3: Right. Any pension that you have that is non-covered could potentially offset that. The difference between it being a disability and a retirement, I'm unsure of that. would have to see. And then some of those may go based on your age, may go from being a disabled to being a retirement. Same way with Social Security. Once someone turns full retirement age on our record, that individual is no longer disabled. He or she is retired. Whether your pension like that is uh, similar, I'm not sure. We would need to look at the specifics and how that's that's actually determined there. Okay, thank you.
1: Yes, ma'am. Thanks, Susan. We appreciate your call. We'll continue our discussion of Social Security in just a bit. Aside from their website, ssa.gov, where else can you get Social Security information? We'll have that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
4: Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life's disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.
1: Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal financial broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Social Security has a blog, a Facebook page, and a Twitter account where you can get information. Uh, We'll have links to those on our podcast page. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer, regional manager with the Social Security Administration. So, Sean, earlier we mentioned checking your Social Security record each year to check on its accuracy. Our producer, Liz, did that as well, and she saw something that uh, she wanted to talk about, and it's a message that said... You have worked enough to qualify for Medicare at age 65. Even if you don't retire at age 65, be sure to contact Social Security three months before your 65th birthday to enroll in Medicare. So what can you tell us about Medicare enrollment?
3: All right, good question there. And that just simply lets her know that Medicare is a potential option. And even if she is still working covered by her group employer health plan, or her spouse is still working and has her covered under his through health plan, that she may still want Medicare Part A. It wouldn't cost her anything, and it would pay for a hospital visit, and so she could go ahead and sign up for that and then wait for Part B to whenever she uh, stopped working or her spouse stopped working. So uh, we, that is important. A lot of people... Are misinformed about that. We don't go looking for Medicare eligible individuals. People call us to say, hey, I'm uh, ready for my Medicare. I'm 65. I'm going to go ahead and take it now. Uh, Hey, I'm getting ready to uh, stop my uh, job. I'm going to lose my group health plan. I'm 66. I want to start Medicare. So, Medicare is um, something that would be eligible for at age 65 or when you stop working and are uh, covered by a group employer health plan or your spouse stops working and has you covered under their group employer health plan. The trick is you have to be working and covered by the group employer health plan to be able to forego the age 65 Medicare uh, date there. So a little bit of tricky situation there. Most people are familiar with that, but a lot of people call us with questions about that. And if you do have a question about that, please call us. Let us look at your specific situation and walk you through that to see if you're covered, if you're covered under a spouse's plan, and just kind of tell us what you're looking at. And then we can tell you about your eligibility and whether or not you need to go ahead and take it now so that you would not be penalized later, or that if you could wait and
1: take it at a later date uh, again talking about when you check your your uh, your social security account each year online uh, if I remember correctly from when they used to send out the uh, the thing through the mail it's it's basically a list of every year you worked in your earnings uh, what is some other information on there that you want to just check to make sure it's accurate and if you see something that you think is not accurate what's the procedure for trying to get that uh, corrected or, or worked out
3: Okay, that's great. You want to look at those gross earnings on there to make sure that they're posted correctly. And let's say we look on there and we see 1995, and you know that you worked for two different employers that year, and just it looks like you're missing something there. So you could contact your local office. We pull up uh, 1995, and we see that, hey, Kevin worked for uh, MPB Radio, and he also worked for uh, ABC Radio uh, in another town. But the ABC radio information is not posted there, and he only has credit for half his earnings. But Kevin has a W-2 form at home, and he can send us that. We can post those earnings, or we can go in and look and see if maybe they're in a suspense file. They were uh, coded wrong. So we need to get on something like that immediately. Every day that we wait to correct someone's earnings, it gets a little harder. And we can't, unfortunately, take your word for that. We have to look at that. And... uh, and and go through some some steps to be able to verify that. So that's probably the biggest thing that we look at on there when we're looking at accuracy on your Social Security statement, is to make sure that those earnings are posted correctly. There's no gaps or years that you're missing that that you're supposed to have wages for, especially if you've worked for an employer that may have gone out of business or gone bankrupt. Uh, There may be some issues there where something did not get posted correctly. So that's really big, and that's what I look for on my own personal statement is to kind of make sure that everything's up to date because when you get ready to file for Social Security, we go through that with you, and you have to certify that those earnings are correct. And as we mentioned earlier on the show, how many of us can remember what we made five or ten years ago, and we want to make sure that looking at that, if you get something each year, it's a lot easier to remember or go back and pull your records from what you have at home to match it up with W-2s.
1: We're visiting today on Money Talks with Sean Mercer, Regional Manager with the Social Security Administration. So, Ryder, earlier we were talking about, you know, the decision of when to begin retirement benefits uh, from a a money manager, a a personal finance advisor. Uh, What are some of the things that you think people should be thinking about, about, you know, retirement and when to begin receiving retirement benefits?
2: Yeah, that's a great question and something we hear and work with all of the time. Um, often there are a couple of things that I look at. One, uh, if they are you know sixty two but not yet seventy, just simply do they need the money? Um, and 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 you know or if you're all if you're still working, you don't really need the money, and your income is still going to add to your Social Security benefit. Plus, you get that increase in your benefit as you get closer to full retirement age, um, so it becomes your full retirement benefit, uh, th- then that's usually a pretty positive thing that, you know, we can't, you know, <laughs> no, hardly any amount of financial planning is going gonna, is gonna to beat that, um, beat that, you know, kind of guaranteed increase that you get every year until full retirement age. But another thing that I like to look at for folks that are full retirement age or even, you know, folks that are, you know, beyond that is – you know, looking at what other sources of income they have. Maybe they're retired. Maybe they have a pension. Maybe they have a 401K or something. And looking at seeing which is going to be the bigger benefit. And if you can take one of those and let the other grow, uh, letting the, whatever is the larger benefit grow uh, will be more important. So what that often looks like is uh, for a very high-income individual – uh, their Social Security may not be a very significant part of their retirement, and so you know if they want to go ahead and take that, it, it 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 doesn't it matters less when they take it if they have significant other assets. Um, and then on the other end, uh, someone who is very who is has has much fewer assets, uh, has far fewer assets. It's going to be very important for them to let that Social Security benefit be as large as possible. So if they can put it off, you know, they have some savings set aside. If they can use those savings to help put it off for a couple of months sometimes, uh, that dollar benefit change uh, may make a more significant impact on the rest of their life.
1: This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've got some calls to get to, but let's quickly take our final break of the hour. Here's a trivia question for you regarding Social Security. When did President FDR sign the Social Security Act? Was it 1925, 1930, or 1935? We'll have that bit of trivia for you after this. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. no matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. We're pleased that you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder tap Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. The Social Security Act was signed by President uh, Roosevelt on August 14th, 1935. So just next month will be the 85th anniversary of the creation of the Social Security Administration. Our guest from Social Security Day is Sean Mercer. And let's uh, move back to the phone lines. We'll go to Scott in Jackson. Good morning, Scott. You're on the air. Go ahead.
3: Yes, I have one, one question. Uh, what determines the
4: amount of money that I receive when I retire, say, in Mississippi? If I was, was retired retire at compared to 67. Of course, I know at 67, you get a higher dollar amount,
3: but what determines, and what is the maximum cutoff? Say if I was 62 today, I'm only 50, but uh, 62 today, and I uh, uh, qualify for the max. What is the
4: max in Mississippi today?
3: Okay, good question, but it wouldn't be the max in Mississippi. It would be oh. it would be all over, but okay. your, your benefits are based on, that's going to be different for everybody. It's going to be you based on your highest 35 years of earnings and what you paid in up until age 62, or if you choose to wait up until uh, age, uh, your full retirement age, uh, which in your case would probably be uh, 66 in a few months or age 67, and then you can get a 24% increase of that if you waited until age 70. So there's a couple of different options out there for you by looking at your Social Security statement it will tell you what those estimated benefits are going to be based on age 62 and your full retirement age. However, one of the big things that people don't take into account is on that Social Security statement, it's going to take the last year's earnings that are posted and are going to use that from today up until the age you turn 62 and also up until your full retirement age. So if you plan on reducing your uh, earnings between now and your retirement date, then that uh, Social Security statement is not exactly correct. However, you could go online to our benefit estimator, and you can put in some different scenarios there that, hey, I'm going to retire at age 60 and then work part-time from age 61 to 62, making X amount of dollars, and it will adjust that and give you a more... Accurate estimate about your benefits there. So, good question, but it's different for everybody out there. And looking at that Social Security statement or that uh, online estimator can help kind of narrow that down for all of our listeners out there.
1: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Scott. Uh, uh, Sean, full retirement age, is that a a statute that determines that, or how does someone know what their full retirement age is?
3: They need to look on that. There's some uh, look at our website. Anybody born after. 1967 is age 66, so that is the full uh, retirement age there. Now, between there, it may be 66 and four months, 66 and five months, or eight months. So, yes, you need to look. That was the last major changes that were made in Social Security that increased the full retirement age from age 65 to age 67. So, for all of our listeners out there, all of us can still retire at age 62 for reduced earnings. But our full retirement age may be somewhere between age 66 and 67, with it capping out at age 67. And then we all have the option, if we wanted to, to wait till age 70 to get those delayed earned tax credit that could bump at another 24% there.
1: Okay. Uh, next on the line, we've got Brenda in Pascagoula. Go ahead, Brenda. You're on the air with us.
4: Hi. Uh, I have a friend that's uh, early retiring, um, and I'm wondering, do you get the Medicare benefits, or can you, at that early retirement age?
3: Good question, Brenda, and the answer to that uh, is...
4: One other. It's... I'm in a drive through and I'm going to have to hang up. Um, Go ahead. I forgot what it was. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to
4: listen on the radio. Thank you. Uh,
3: right. That is a great question, Brenda, and that is probably the number one reason we don't see someone take early retirement, such as age 62 to 64, because it boils down to it's not a income question, it is a health insurance question, and if they leave their job, they have no health insurance, so they are staying at their job for health insurance coverage and then want to wait till age 65 to get Medicare and then start their benefit. So to simply answer your question, Medicare, the only way you get Medicare is to be Disabled, and you get Medicare two years after your disability or to be on dialysis or to be age 65. So Medicare has some very strict guidelines there about eligibility. So uh, getting it early only involves a disability situation or a dialysis situation. For the rest of us out there, we would have to wait till we're age 65 to become eligible based on our age. So good question. Thanks for the call, Brenda.
1: Thank you, Brenda. Let's uh, visit next with Arthur in Jackson. Arthur, you're on the air with us. Go ahead.
4: Uh, good morning. My question is concerning uh, taxes. Uh, is Social Security benefits taxed as normal income uh, after you retire?
3: Good question, uh, Arthur, and I'm unsure about that. Let me tell you what we do and what the situation that we play at Social Security, in that your Social Security benefits can be taxable federally. They aren't taxed at the state level, but they can be federally taxable. Up to 85% of the benefits may be subject to tax. And there's a lot of information on our website there, and then we refer you to your uh, personal income tax preparer or tax professional about specifics. But what we see most individuals contacting us for is to have taxes withheld out of the benefits so they don't have a large tax burden at the end of the year. The specifics about how it's counted as ordinary income or things like that, that would not be a question that we would answer. Uh, it's just not our area of expertise. But what we can tell individuals is that you may want to seek the answer to that question from a tax professional and then contact us back to submit a W-4 form where you have a percentage held out of your Social Security benefits so that your tax liability for uh, federal would maybe not be so large at the end of the year and we would adjust your Social Security income and have those, have that uh, amount withheld similar to what comes out for your Medicare premiums uh, your Medicare premiums with 14460 that's held out for Part B of Medicare and then individuals also choose to have uh, some taxes withheld that there again that's different for all of our customers or our beneficiaries out there because there's different financial situations so good question Arthur and if you look on our website it goes into a little bit more detail you can just uh, look in the search engine under uh, taxation of benefits and it'll answer, uh, your question a little more
4: there. Okay, thank you.
1: Thanks for your call, Arthur. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're wrapping up our discussion with Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. Uh, here's an email that says, my email address has changed since I set up my account. How can I access it? So, Sean, is a change in email uh, created difficulty for accessing your Social Security account? And, and if so, what, do you, what, what does she need to do?
3: It could. Uh, depending on what we have there. So they may want to contact their local office and let us reset their account for them. If they can't get into their account through their old message, through their old email, uh, there is a way to manage your settings there, and it would be, I'm thinking, be a particular problem if you were getting... uh, Me personally, I haven't sent me a text message when I'm trying to access my account, but if it was sending you a uh, email message, of course it would have that wrong account online. But get locked out or unable to access your account contact your local office and as we said on the beginning of the show all of our local offices all 22 of them in Mississippi were open for business over the phone so we have a local rep standing by so uh, the caller could uh, contact their local office we could look get some personal information for them possibly help them reset their account where they could get in and change those settings so Good good question there, and it could be a issue for some of our listeners if they don't have the text message option on there yet.
1: All right. Uh, reminder, the Social Security number is 1-800-772-1213, and their website is ssa.gov. Thanks so much, Sean. Always good to have you on the show to provide that information for our listeners. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners like you. To hear today's show or previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or just listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Ryder Taff and Sean Mercer, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
0: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at Trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC,
1: Equal Housing Lender.